Hi there guys, it's Sam from Tantrum Kitesurf. Now a question I get asked an awful lot on the beach when I'm teaching is, is you know, if you were starting again from zero, how would you learn to kite? What's the process you would go through? And it's a really, really good question. It made me think and it made me actually kind of question an awful lot of the way that, that I teach and actually change the way, you know, over the years, I've changed the way that I've been teaching to accommodate this question makes to understand, okay, this, this is actually the best way of doing it. Just from people asking me this question, I was really, well, you know, I've answered this question, but I don't actually do that. <laughs> Bizarre, maybe I should start doing that, yeah. So then I've changed the way that I've taught to do it. So when people ask me this question, it comes down to in a few different things. The first one I would say, choosing a location, crucial, choosing a school, and then choosing the right kind of format for your lessons. So I'll start from the beginning and work through that. So choosing a location. Well, before you even get to choosing a location, I would say the first thing actually is carve out the amount of time that you are gonna need and commit. The way that I see people really fail to learn to kite surf is when they decide, right, okay, I live in you know a semi-windy spot, somewhere like Brighton or you know somewhere like this, um, and I'm going to teach myself at the weekends because I'm working all week, so I'm going to go at the weekends. <laughs> Even people living in Tarifa, <laughs> the windiest damn place in the world, when they do this, I tell them, forget about it, don't bother. It's not even worth it. I've tried to teach people like this for years and years and years. I don't think any of them, anyone that I've ever taught like this, has actually learned to kite in the end. They all give up. Why? Because what happens? Let's say you've got four weekends of the month, four weekends in a month generally, hopefully, um, sometimes five, I suppose. So let's say it's windy for two of those weekends. Okay, so the instant you're only going to get out twice at the weekends, okay? But let's say, you know, some of those weekends you've got a wedding, you know, you've been out the night before, you've got a hangover, this, that, and the other. Generally, when I see people do this, they get out maximum once a month, generally just because that way it works, chasing wind, life not, not fitting in with their plans, they get out once for maybe two hours, if they're lucky, two, three hours if they're lucky. So they're getting three hours every month. Now the worst thing about this is because they have a month in between, they forget most of what they learned last time and have to start again. So that, you know, the first hour of that two, three hours is actually just recapping where they were the time before. You, know, you throw in you know, a few holidays or, or chaotic months and you don't get out for two months and this gets even worse. And let's say even, even worse, you know, you live in somewhere like Brighton where the kite surfing season is maybe six, eight months of the year realistically, you're getting out six, seven, eight times a year. A year <laughs> in probably not optimal conditions because you've got, to, you know, you've got to go when you've got to go. As soon as there's wind, whatever the conditions, you've got to go because you've only got a very short space of time to doing it. The people who do learn, what they do is they right, I'm taking a week, two weeks, ideally. I'm gonna to go to this windy location where, you know, wind is, wind is guaranteed, as much as wind is ever guaranteed, and I'm gonna nail it. I'm gonna cut it surfing every single day for two weeks or for a week until I get it. They're the people who learn. That's how you do it. So the first thing I would say is carve out a time, go and commit to it and go and do it. Okay, um, first tip before you even start thinking about anything else. Second one, choosing a location. Okay, now the classic advice for this is pick somewhere, flat water, waist deep lagoon, perfect wind. Again, I couldn't disagree more. Fine, if you're going to ride when you've finished your lessons in flat water, waist deep, perfect wind conditions, great, go for it, you lucky sod. 
tell me where you are and I'll come and join you. <laughs> the fact is most of us do not kite surf in spots like that. And it, it's one of the hardest things that I have to face when you know someone comes down the beach with me, Rico, what level are you at? Oh, I'm riding, cool. First question I always ask, where did you learn? When they tell me Egypt, Dakla, one of these amazing spots, flat water, waist deep, perfect conditions, you know, I cringe, my heart breaks a little bit for them. Why? Because I know here they're going to be body dragging. They're going to be struggling to body drag. Why? Because the conditions make so much difference. And yet it's much easier to ride, you know, in these perfect conditions. But then when you go back home, your conditions aren't perfect. So you're basically a beginner. So you're basically wasted. You think you had a great week because you learned and you thought you were doing really well. Then you go back and you realise, I haven't got anywhere. You know, I'm still, I'm still on the beach for most people. So my advice is always learn in the conditions you are going to ride in. Because then you learn once. Yeah, sure, it'll take you a bit longer to get up on the board. But you're learning how to deal with all the variables that your location is going to throw at you. Whether that be a lot of riders, whether it be shore break, whether it be chalk, whether it be gusty wind, whether it be offshore conditions, whatever. It doesn't matter. You've dealt with it in a safe environment with an instructor and you know how to handle it when you get home. So learn in the conditions you are going to ride in. Classic piece of advice. And that goes against all of the wisdom on the internet, but it's something that I've seen so many times and I say it breaks my heart to see the frustration of these people who've been through all the hell of learning to ride the first time. Hell, it's not hell, it's great fun. But then have to go through it again, a second time. <laughs> and then I can do this. This is, you know, I, I, I could do this before what's wrong with me. And they never blame it on themselves. You know, we need to step back and say, look, it's not you. The conditions have changed. The conditions are so different and it makes so much difference. But as a beginner, it's very difficult to understand that. So you just tend to blame it on yourself because you haven't had experience of those conditions before, obviously. So that's the key one. Learn in a place with conditions that you are going to ride or similar to what you're going to ride. Okay. You see me looking past the camera because I've got my notes behind the camera. <laughs> That's why I'm trying to lean around the camera to actually see them. Okay, next part, choosing a school, okay? What should you look for in a school? First problem I see with most schools is that you are forced to fit into the timetable of the school. This is especially true in busy periods, like take Tarifa in the summer, for example. You know, most schools will be doing three classes. Most instructors, sorry, for most schools will be doing three classes a day. So they'll start, at say, 10 o'clock in the morning, one from 10 till one, one from one till four, one from four till seven. <laughs> okay, great, works perfectly, you think, that's no problem. You get put in the 10 till one slot, simply because it fits best. You know, that's when the school, okay, cool, yeah, we'll put them in, uh, such and such, John Smith, he goes at 10 o'clock. Lo and behold, look at the forecast, there's no wind at 10 o'clock. Doesn't matter, you've still got to go. And what happens, the wind starts to come in at half past 12, just as your, you know, just, just as your lesson comes to an end. So your lesson comes in just as the wind picks up, sorry, you've got to go because the next people are walking down the beach and that instructor's got to take them. And you've got to go just as the wind's coming in and you've learned nothing. In fact, you've just spent all your money and learned in very, very suboptimal conditions. So something that, that I would insist on that we certainly do here at Tantrum is make sure that you have one instructor for you for the day. That way, whatever the wind does, you're going to get out in the best conditions for what you're trying to do. Because this is something else. You know, if you're a first day person on the beach, the conditions you're looking for are very different to someone who's water starting. 
So your instructor can then make the best decision based on what the conditions are that day and get you out in the best window of wind possible. Which again, if you've taken my advice from before and you've concentrated your time into a week, let's say, is super precious because you need to be using every breath of wind that you can to move on. So you need to be optimizing your time. And it breaks my heart when I see these people learning to kite surf in no wind, literally zero wind. And it happens and it's just because the school has to fill their quotes, has to get their people through. You know, they've got a backlog of people that are waiting because yes, there was no wind, they've got to get them all out today. So that's what tends to happen. So try and find a place that has one instructor booked just for you for the day. So you can be flexible with the wind. That way as well, generally, if, if, if it's clever, what you can do is you can say, oh, look, there's, the, the wind's pretty naff today. So rather than doing three, being set in three hour blocks, you can maybe do an hour on that day. Okay, yeah, fine, the wind's not working very well. Let's come back tomorrow and do four hours. Do five hours, do whatever, because the wind looks great tomorrow. So you can have that flexibility with the wind as well. When it doesn't blow, okay, let's cut the lesson short today and let's do a bit more tomorrow. Normally you can't do that. You've got a three hour block, bump, that's what you're gonna do. We can't extend it because other people come in and we're not gonna cut it short because that's what you're paying us for. So that's something else I would really, really try and insist on. It can make a huge difference to how you learn. Again, talking about the difference in conditions that we were before, this is a big one. If you're getting out one day and you're trying to water start and you're in two meter waves, whereas two hours ago, it was almost flat, it makes a big difference to your learning. Because in one of them, you're gonna progress loads. In another one, you're not gonna progress at all. You're gonna go backwards. Or you're gonna feel like you go backwards. You won't actually go backwards, but you'll feel like it. And you'll take a bit of a kick in at the same time from those monster waves, okay? So that's another one. Next question, choosing a lesson structure. Now, generally most schools offer group, semi-private and private lessons. Group being the cheapest, private being the most expensive. Simply because group are the cheapest, it's what most people plumb for. Let's do the maths. Group session, let's say average price here in Tarifa, round about 60 euros for three hours. So you're paying 20 euros an hour and they're broken down into three hour classes generally. Okay, group class will be you, three of the students, two kites and one instructor. And how it works, the instructor breaks you down into pairs and give each pair one kite between two. So straight off the bat, those three hours, you're only under the kite for an hour and a half max because the other hour and a half, the other student, your partner, is on the kite. Now, once you add in kind of swapping the kite over, line tangles that happen, things like this, you're gonna be lucky to get an hour under the kite. During that hour, you're only gonna be under the instructor's eye for 30 minutes. Why? Because for the other 30 minutes you're flying the kite, he's probably gonna be with the other pair, checking out what they're doing. So in that, for your 60 euros, you're getting three hours of which you're flying the kite for one hour, you're under instruction for 30 minutes. Compare that to private lessons, which on the cover of it seem much more expensive. 60 euros an hour is an average price here in Tarifa. But for that hour, you are getting one hour under the kite on your own with an instructor for an hour. Plus, it only takes an hour. So you could do two or three hours in that time and you've gained three times as much experience, again, condensing time, as has the person who's done group lessons, who's expended the same energy because they're walking up and down the beach, running after their partner, swimming after their board, things like that. You've expended the same energy, 
but you've got three times more experience. Well, even more because the instructor's been with you all the time. So three, three and a half, three, four, five, six times more experience than the person who's doing group lessons. So it works out much quicker and much more economical to do private lessons. Much, much better. And in fact, a lot of schools are now stopping doing group lessons because of this. They've realized it's just horrendous for the clients. Semi-private are a good compromise. Semi-private is where there's two people with a kite each and one instructor. Good compromise if you're going with mates, with a mate or a partner. Great, you know, it's, it still works just as good. But I would, if you're really, really serious about learning to kite surf, private lessons all the way. It has to be, has to be private lessons. It's the only way to do it, especially if you're in a condensed period of time where energy is a real concern. You know, it really is. If you're doing seven days on the bounce of kite surfing, you're going to be tired by the end of it. And the more that you can compress, compress that time, the better you're going to be. Because again, as we've seen, three hours on the beach equates to three hours of group lessons equates to one hour of private lessons. So think where your energy is going to be better spent and where you're going to better keep your energy for the whole period of time when you're under instruction. Okay, so private lessons. 100% better, okay? A few other bits and bobs that I would want to check when looking at a school is kit. Do they have enough kit for you? Each, every single day for each possible conditions. Why? Let's look at it this way again. Let's go back to group lessons. It's a great way to, to, to explain this, but you can also see how it would work if they just don't have enough kit. But let's say you're, you know, you're a, a 90 kilo bloke learning with a 65 kilo um, girl, for example. Now the school, and you're in a group lesson, you're in a lesson together so that you're partnered together with one kite between the two of you. The school, if they're smart, are gonna give the kit that's needed for the girl. Why? Because if they give you, give her a kite that can get, that you're both trying to ride, by the way, you're both at the stage where you're water starting. If they give you a kite that will get you riding, she is gonna go flying down the beach with it. She's gonna be in real danger of doing herself damage. So they're gonna give, give, give the pair of you a very small kite. Which for you means you, before you even begin, there's no chance at all that you're going to get up riding. It's just not going to happen. It's impossible. Why? Because you've just not got enough power. Full stop. Same, imagine you know, if you've gone to a school and they haven't got enough kit to go around between all the students they've got on that day. So you end up pulling out an eight metre kite when you actually need a 12. Same thing. You're bugger before you begin. You are not going to get anywhere. So you need to make sure the school has enough kit to go around and, and surplus, you know, there should be tons still sat on the shelf at the end of it when all the kit's gone so that everyone has the right kite that they need for that day. Because otherwise, again, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money. Flying a kite that's too small or even worse, too big for you. You know, at this stage, that's dangerous as well as, as a waste of time and money. Okay, so that's another one. The other one that I would say, and I've talked about this a bit, um, in fact, I've done a video on this earlier this week, Make sure, for God's sake, that the school teaches on short lines, especially if you're a total beginner. I'm not going to go into this now in depth, but basically what a short line does, it means that we're reducing the potential power in the kite, which is reducing the danger of the lessons. It's basically handing you a toy and saying, there you go. Now, there's a huge amount of other benefits to finding short lines, but it makes your life a thousand times easier. More importantly, it's safer and even more importantly, possibly, 
depending on who you talk to, you will progress much, much faster. Short lines do not tangle. 25 meter lines do. 25 meter lines also whip you off down the beach, send you flying over sand dunes and doing all sorts of stupid things that do not look cool and certainly don't feel cool at the time. So make sure the school teaches on short lines. Okay, so they're my top tips. That's what I would do. That's exactly the process I would go through if I was learning to kite again today. Now, funnily enough, as I said at the beginning, you know, I've taken all these, these, these um, points and we've built our lessons around this. So this is exactly how we teach. If you come on a course with me, this is exactly how you will be taught. If you are interested to do that, the link either will be appearing around the video or below this, if you're listening to this on the podcast or another thing, it will be in the show notes below this. Click that link, you'll be taken over to a page where you can see our kite surfing lessons. Book a time with me. I would love to teach you how to kite surf using all of the above. Okay, guys. Hope that helps. Again, if that, if that did, don't forget to click like and subscribe, and I will see you in the next video. Ciao for now.